listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Original 16 presenting the Broncos This Week podcast. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Ready to go here for uh, the final regular season edition of uh, Broncos This Week brought to you by Original 16. Coming off uh, a recent loss on home ice to the Regina Pats and where I work from in the rink, in the production room, I watch the game through a tiny screen and I have never yelled at that screen (laughs) so much. So many near misses in that game for the home team. Yeah, it was really unfortunate. There was a a string of games earlier this year where the Broncos were the better team and a lot of those games and didn't get the result they were looking for and that really reminded me of that on uh, last Friday against Regina with all those chances they had some grade A chances and I mean you do have to tip your cap to that young goalie Kelton Pine of the Mm -hmm. Regina Pats who certainly stole two points for his team last Friday because I don't think there's any question the Broncos were very clearly the better team for basically the entire 60 minutes but uh, unfortunately just didn't get the result. Yeah and you know credit to Regina oh it's tough saying that. Credit to Regina, <laughs> lifelong Bronco fan, but um, you know that that was a bold move. Healthy scratching their two regular goalies and rolling with two APs and a, a calculated gamble that paid off. Yeah, and that's that kid's kind of making a name for himself here. He he's got I think three wins now in the year, and his first two wins came via the shutout. So he's uh, had a pretty impressive start to his young WHL career, and uh, certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, be their uh, number one starter next season if he continues this trend. Well, we certainly as the Broncos Homer podcast. We certainly need him to start losing games because <laughs> it's a big weekend coming up here. And we, we had a feeling that the playoff race would go down to the wire, and it certainly is. One cannot overestimate the importance of a win tomorrow night, Friday night against Prince Albert. Here on yeah, ice. and it's, there's a lot of scenarios that go into it. It's, it's not a fully win and you're in or lose and you're out, but a Broncos win tomorrow would eliminate both Calgary and Prince Albert from playoff contention. But then the Broncos would need Regina to lose at least two of their last last three games because they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday and a very difficult three games they might add against Winnipeg, Winnipeg and Moose Jaw. So should the Broncos win tomorrow and Regina lose two of their last three, then the Broncos would clinch that eighth and final playoff spot. But even if they lose tomorrow, they could still make it in. They would just need a lot of help on the out-of-town <laughs> scoreboard. They would need Prince Albert to lose to Brandon in regulation on Saturday. They need Calgary to lose uh, in regulation to Lethbridge on Sunday. And they would also need Regina to go 0 for 3 this weekend which would then create a one-game play-in between the Broncos and Raiders probably on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week in Prince Albert. Okay. Wow. Okay. (laughs) You've been working on that one. You memorized your lines well. You hammered that one, breaking it all down. So, yeah. So, certainly hoping for a packed house tomorrow night here at the IPlex for Fan Appreciation Night. This is the biggest game in this facility since 2018 and uh, one where the organization shows appreciation to the fans. Great West, great Western Brewing appreci- fan appreciation. I geez, having trouble spitting that out today. <laughs> well, and it's been great to see the support. I mean, obviously the attendance has just been on a steady incline here in recent mm-hmm. weeks and 2,131 was the announced attendance for last Friday's game against uh, Regina and I, I hope that it's going to go up even further. You know, I'd love to see 2,500 plus for this game on Friday. Uh, the team saved the biggest game of the year for last. Uh, you know, it's been such a tight playoff race 
race for basically two straight months now and it really does come down to the wire here so you know we're, we're hoping it's not the last home game of the year but there is a chance that this is the final time people are going to get to see the Broncos this year so certainly hoping that it's going to draw a huge crowd and, and as you said Great Western Brewing the game sponsor for the game they're going to be here there's going to be some uh, beer tasting going on there's going to be a Yeti cooler they're giving away uh, just mm. for the draw you don't have to pay to enter for that you can just drop your name in the drop box so a lot of great stuff going on at the rink here and of course uh, the game on the ice is uh, super super important to both of these teams and should create uh, hopefully a very exciting atmosphere here at the iplex the absolute last thing that i want to do is promote the overconsumption of alcohol but having said that many a great night has been started with a quote-unquote beer tasting <laughs> so uh, very much looking forward to that that'll be a lot of fun tomorrow night for fan appreciation night all right on the podcast this week of course we'll have our coaches show with uh, head coach devin pratt he'll be joining us to talk about uh, well all things bronco related in the past week and uh, it's the awards show edition do you want to be chris rock or will smith <laughs> <laughs> very timely <laughs> the awards show edition uh, none of that uh, no gi jane jokes but we are going to break down all of the swift current bronco award winners and talk a little bit about why each of those players was selected for that award so awards show edition as well as head coach devin prott all coming up on the broncos this week podcast you're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Coach's show segment on the Broncos This Week podcast. Head coach Devin Pratt joining us right now. Devin, we always lead the chat in with uh, a synopsis of the most recent action of your team, that being this past Friday's loss to Regina, a game that I thought you guys played pretty well, but uh, just for whatever reason couldn't bury on that one, eh? Yeah, I think, the, you know, it's one of those scenarios um, where we played a, a strong game, uh, especially the first 40 minutes, and we commanded the first 40 minutes tied 1-1. And, um, you know, we gave them an opportunity to play a 20-minute game um, when we needed to separate early. So we had tons of scoring chances, created lots of opportunities. Uh, we got to take confidence from that and, um, you know, find a way to get more across the line and get to those dirty areas and create second chances. But uh, from our staff standpoint, uh, we felt pretty good coming out of that game from a, you know, a standpoint of how we played. Um, not necessarily the result. We're down to the nitty-gritty here. Uh, results have been important. And, uh, you know, we want to focus on the process. We've said this all year in here. And for us, uh, the process was there. The results weren't. Um, so that gives us confidence here going into Friday. Let's establish the process again, and uh, let's hope the results follow. And you've been a big uh, believer in the must-perform versus must-win mindset here in, in recent weeks, and your team did perform, as you say. So for them to kind of come up with an effort like that, you hope that if they're able to replicate that effort in the last game of the regular season here, they should get rewarded based off the way they played. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, the game of hockey, there's a lot of uncontrollables there's bounces uh anything can really happen and uh you know the team that uh shares the majority of puck possession and and scoring chances often wins but not always and uh that's kind of been one of those scenarios i mean if we look back even two weeks ago to the home game against calgary uh it was very similar where you know we won statistically in just about every category but we didn't win on the scoreboard um so uh we've had a few kicks at the can here to do a job and i think for our group it's just kind of learning from those um losses and moving forward as a group with confidence that uh you know here we are going into our game tomorrow and 
uh, chips have fallen into place that we can do a job and create an opportunity for ourselves and then uh, we still need a little bit of favors from around the league but uh, you know we got to do our own job first and that's going to be the focus yeah and you know tomorrow that's going to be the the most high stakes game in this rink for for quite a few years you're no stranger to high stakes game having played in national championships and won them what's it like prepping the boys for this one yeah, I think, you know, it's it's important that you don't overhype it too much. And it's just, you know, we want to prepare for every game uh, to perform our best and to establish our process and win. So, um, you know, our, our guys, we're giving them all the information we can give them on tendencies or whatever it may be um, from PA and that we want to exploit and we want to focus on. And then we're also working on, uh, you know, areas that we've struggled with as well and addressing those. And uh, we've had a great week of practice here and things are primed up and ready and uh at the end of the day, both teams are going to be playing for their lives, so it should be uh, an intense atmosphere and uh, have a lot of jump and energy to the game uh, early on. So uh, I think it's important that our guys, you know, understand that um, you know hockey's a game, and the way hockey you grow up playing, um, you know, either into the small area games and stuff now at lower levels. But when these guys come up through the system, like the nets are the same size, the pucks the same size, the ice the same size, it's hockey. So have confidence in that. Have some fun with it embrace the moment here uh, we've talked about pressure being a privilege here on this podcast as well and um, you know from our standpoint uh, let's embrace that and let's have fun with it let's relish in this opportunity and uh, look at it from more of an excitement side instead of uh, you know building up any kind of nerves or trying to overhype that uh, the importance of the game they don't have to look far uh, the guys know it's important we got three high character quality 20 year olds in that room that uh, you know we got to take pride in doing a job for and it's such a, a great experience and opportunity for these guys too I mean this is the highest stakes game that most of these guys will have ever played in before and it's an opportunity for someone to step up too someone to kind of take the reins as the guy who made the difference in the game when it really mattered the most yeah we talk about that often too of just you know embracing your moments embracing your opportunities and then you know when we envision ourselves in this game tomorrow and and you know down the stretch it's focusing on the process and not the results and that's that's not just for a team, but that's individually as well. You know, uh, there's going to have to be a big shot block, two, maybe three. So see yourself in those moments. See yourself doing it. There's going to have to be some uh, battles won along the wall, some pucks getting out uh, when we're under duress and under some pressure. And, um, you know, see yourself doing those, jo- those jobs, gaining zones. Uh, see the stuff that's not probably as glorified and celebrated in the papers and in the media, but is so important uh, and intangible to success. So uh, see those moments, prepare for those moments, and be ready for them. You know, and uh, we win those moments and we win the small battles a lot of times the rest takes care of itself so um, you know our guys uh, are all coming from a a positive standpoint there's been guys who have struggled a little bit down the stretch here and that happens uh, in the course of a season but I think our schedule has allowed them to to really flush it hasn't been like go back to the rink and and try to work through it and have another game and another game and another game and sometimes things can pile on and uh, often you can get caught up in looking back and and feeding your frustration instead of just looking forward new opportunity everything's a new opportunity and that'll be important in the game as well is just flushing everything every shift good bad flush prepare for the next one get ready for your next moment for your next opportunity 
You uh, you alluded to them earlier, uh, talking about the three twenty year olds on this team, and I know just moments ago you're coming in right after practice, right after their last regular season practice. Uh, you know, talk about the uh, the efforts of, of Isaac Poulter, Eric Van Imp, and Cole Nagy. Yeah, I mean these are three guys. Uh, they've been a veteran presence in our dressing room here um, all season long. I mean Eric came in just around Christmas time, but uh, uh, he's been a great presence as well. And uh, you know it's it's one of those things where if you can't get motivated yourself you got to look at the guys around you and look at the guys next to you and uh, you don't have to look far to find three quality people there so uh, they show up every day they've uh, the they've been able to teach so much um, even if they're not you know taking a, a role or embracing teaching it's just how they carry themselves it's how they prepare it's how they um you know do things day to day uh, that makes them who they are and um it's been uh, very rewarding working with all three of them and you know we uh we want to take pride in doing a job and prolonging uh, their opportunity to play in this league here and that's important to us as a group and uh you know all three of them have stuck with our group through the highs and lows and we've talked right from the start of the year that we wanted to be a playoff team we're knocking on the door let's knock the door down what can you say about the way the team has grown over the course of the year we're hoping there's more growth to come here obviously in recent in uh, the future weeks here but what can you say about the way that you've seen this team grow from maybe the first day of training camp to right now yeah i think it's you know it's just come into our like daily habits and holding each other accountable to a higher performance environment where um you know we had a, a most improved award that we split here the other day between carson king and josh Philman. and to me uh you know a lot of times people look at most improved and kind of like oh geez you know but to me that's one of the most coveted awards because in high performance sports everybody wants to get better so if you're getting better better than everyone else did you've done a hell of a job and uh it wasn't an easy award to, to pick guys to give out and then in the end we did have a tie with it but I've just seen so much growth in uh, our mindset as a team and Kyle McDonald our mental performance consultant has done such a great job in priming our guys to perform and understanding how to flush how to get themselves into a peak performance state and uh, that preparation and those tools and a lot of times it just comes down to uh, you know quality high-end daily habits uh, and doing them day after day and I think our groups really embrace that embrace those opportunities opportunities and we've just seen so much growth that you know I, I think early in the year we, we didn't have any quit either there was never any quit but we've found ways down the stretch here and in the second half of the year that if we have a lead late we we have confidence and if we give up the lead we still have confidence that we can do the job and uh, we have uh, the ability to endure so um, just uh, a ton of growth from our group uh, individually we've seen a lot of guys have career years and you know take off offensively and do different things and um, the other side of it the defensive side of the game as well and playing very high-end quality minutes for us and a uh, big thing for our group and a big reason why we're here is because of everybody not just because of one guy or two guys or three guys it's a it's a collective group we play as a team and um, that's going to be important for us here Friday night that we got everybody pulling the rope and in the same direction we're breaking down the team awards in the next segment on the podcast and all the guys who uh, who were presented with trophies and, and plaques and whatnot uh, I want to ask you about your team team MVP Isaac Poulter you touched on him earlier but uh, the first three-time MVP in team history you know uh, again what what led you guys to, to put his name on that plaque well I think again it just comes back to the the person that he is the leader that he is how he carries himself uh, in and around the rink um, outside of the rink in the public um, you know he's kind of been the face of the franchise here for a while and uh, you don't have to be around Isaac too long to see a smile 
Uh, he's a very positive person. Uh, he's a joy to be around, and uh, he's performed at a, at a high level. And I can't speak to the last two years uh, not being here, but, you know, I do understand uh, the importance that he had to this organization and, um, you know, keeping them in games and keeping them competitive at times when, uh, you know, the cupboards weren't so full uh, and allowing this team to grow. And, you know, he wanted to stay here and, and do a job and see it through this team to get into a playoffs and leave that legacy of pushing this organization forward in the right direction. And again, you know, he has us on the doorstep. So uh, extremely proud of Isaac and the way he carries himself. Uh, you know, he's sitting in the league here with the, the fifth best save percentage. He's tied for the second most shutouts. He's performed at a high level all season long. There's been games he's held us in. He's won games for us. And, um, yeah, we're really proud of him and excited to uh, to give him this opportunity here Friday night to, to perform and uh, to have one last regular season show. It's fan appreciation night uh, for Friday as well. The attendance the last game was over 2,100, biggest crowd of the season. What can you say about the, the, the support all season long as it continues to to tick upwards as the year goes on as well. Yeah, I think it's just there's an energy in the rink. Um, you know, we asked our guys to come to the rink and to compete and to compete with energy all year long, and I think uh, fans that have been in the rink appreciate that. I think they enjoy watching our team play. Um, they like our competitive fire. Um, they like how the guys, you know, have a little bit of swag to them um, where, you know, they believe in each other and they're going to be there to stick up for each other as well. And, um, you know, I've alluded to it on here before early in the year when we kind of got that standing ovation coming off after a second period, just really kind of connected it back. And it's been uh, a tough landscape to navigate here this year when you look at the pandemic and how things have kind of played out there. And we really asked our guys that we weren't in public, we weren't in restaurants, uh, we were limiting ourselves to our billets and to, you know, essentials, groceries, um, gas stations and, and the rink. Um, and it, uh, you know, when you don't have that connection and you can't be in the public and be in their eye, you really only have your time on the ice uh, to show them and to perform. So for our group, I think we, we kind of maximize that and there's been a buzz in this community. And now as things have eased up and the restrictions have, we've taken great pride in getting back into the community and we look forward to building on that um, as a group. But uh, the support has been excellent down the stretch here. And I know our guys are buzzing about it all the time, you know, when, uh, when you got the crowd here and you got the crowd behind you. So, hopefully we give them uh, lots to cheer about here tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, uh, a big crowd and the guys, certainly you can see them feed off it. Uh, what's the plan for the weekend? Saturday night, roadie to Regina. I can probably get us a couple Winnipeg ice foam fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, I think uh, that's, uh, let's focus on doing a job here first, one step at a time uh, ahead of us. But uh, there's likely to be some extreme box score watching and tuning into WHL Live and, and that kind of thing and uh you know uh probably shooting some balls at my son <laughs> right on <laughs> final uh final regular season uh, edition of the broncos this week podcast devin thanks so much for uh, for doing this uh, each and every week this year it's greatly appreciated man thanks for having me on guys you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos all right, our feature segment on the podcast this week is the awards show edition. The team handing out their awards this past Friday night. Some awards presented pregame, others uh, announced throughout the game. I like the way of doing that as well, acknowledging the big four award winners and then the rest getting a little bit of Jumbotron love and some love from our public address announcer too. So so that was cool, but let's, let's break down who won what and why. The uh, Humanitarian Award 
third year in a row going to uh, Isaac Poulter. It was a tough year to be a humanitarian with restrictions, but Poults found a way. Yeah, and I think he and Taylor Vaz are the only three-time winners of that award, if I'm not mistaken. So nice company to be in for Isaac. And uh, like you said, it was a tough year to, to be a humanitarian. Obviously, the team wasn't really able to do a whole lot with regards to community events until about mid-February, and then they were able to do some stuff. So Isaac was more than happy to, to be a part of the Ivy program again um, and uh, read to a local elementary school uh, class. And there was also kind of a funny moment which just kind of shows how much of an impact Isaac has had in the community at a different event uh, had Grayson Brzezinski out for a minor hockey practice and he had the wireless mic on so later when I was uh, you know putting the video together there was a, a moment where he was talking to a young kid and the kid said is Isaac Poulter coming today <laughs> so <laughs> you know, kind of just shows how much of an impact that Isaac has had uh, in the community during his time here and a uh, very deserving winner for the third year in a row as the humanitarian of the year. And I like on our uh, website, too, he's wearing his suit jacket that he got for being a uh, Rittinger's <laughs> menswear hardest-working player once upon a time. So glad to see that he's still getting some mileage out of that. All right, the most uh, sportsmanlike player, Carter Stebbings winning it this year. Now, I'd, I I would think the easiest way to award this is just be, well, who has the fewest penalty <laughs> minutes? But what do you think went into the decision to, to put most sportsmanlike on Carter Stebbings? Yeah, I think it's a mixture between not taking a lot of penalties but also working hard at the same time because you can – sort of toe that fine line of being a hard worker but not pushing it over the line and getting yourself into trouble which is what Carter has done for both of his years here I mean he played 15 games in the hub had one minor penalty and then this year he only had 13 penalty minutes and one one fight as well so you thought that might kind of disqualify him from the <laughs> award but just 13 penalty minutes on the year for stepping so you know a guy who really came on offensively here over the last month or so and started to really contribute offensively but um, you know he's he's been a hard-working defensive guy all year he plays a lot of penalty kill minutes blocks a lot of shots works very hard and does it all while not taking penalties and putting the team in a bad position. So, again, I think a pretty clear choice for the winner this year and uh, well-deserved for Carter Stebbings. All right, the Gordon May Trophy for the top scholastic player. The best at school this year was Reed Dick. Yeah, and I think this year almost deserves more credit than previous years because the guys have been doing online schooling this year, and I don't know about you, I don't think I could ever do online no. schooling. I would be so distracted <laughs> so easily. I could just never focus Not on a, a computer. Exactly. So I think these guys do deserve almost more credit than in previous years because of that. And, uh, you know, for Reed to be able to stay on top of everything and at the same time have an 87 and a half average, despite all that, uh, very, very impressive from, uh, from Reed. And again, well-deserved. Right on. Uh, you know, there's two most popular player awards on the team. One we talked about last week on the podcast with the player's most popular player, the most popular in the room, so to speak. But uh, the fans vote for most popular player, uh, Raphael Peltier, someone who certainly resonated with the locals. Must yeah, be the hair. Yeah, well, it's definitely a part of it. Um, you know, I th and, it's, and it's kind of funny how this one always works because there's usually a poll on the team website and we kind of promote it and say vote for your favorite player. And sometimes it gets a little crazy with, uh, with people voting. And I think last year there was like, 30,000 votes or something like that so this year was a little more normal if you want to put it that way and it was almost a two-horse race between uh, Pelche and Josh Davies and uh, Raphael managed to pull away there in the last day and finished with 37% of the vote so no I think a guy who just works hard and I think fans really appreciate that and he's really found his offensive game this year more than tripled his cre uh, previous career total in points this year alone so really took a massive step forward this year and I think uh, with that combined with the fact that he works hard and cares uh, as a leader on the team I think really uh, you know, made him the, one of the big choices for the fans most popular. Right on yep and uh, the team's most popular we touched on it Alexei Shinarin we talked about uh, you know his contributions and why he won that last week but always 
good to recap a feel-good story. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine how how difficult it must have been for him early on. I mean, I can't imagine being plopped down in the middle of Russia and trying to <laughs> integrate with daily life. So for him to come in here and then always have a positive attitude, I mean, you, you talk to the guy, he says, he says, hi, how are you, every time you see him, and he's always got that smile on his face and works hard in practice. And, you know, when he gets into games, he does his best to, to contribute. So, um, you know, a guy who kind of found a home in the room there with all the players, and I think because of his just kind of positive and upbeat attitude that really won his teammates over, and they bring him back on the bus to hang out with the rest of the group. So, uh, like you said, it is a pretty good feel, good story, and uh, very nice to see them kind of honor Alexi in that way. The next one is one that I want to talk to you about because you're with the team a lot on the road. You're in the bus. You're in hotels. Uh, pre-game, you're around the team. The Leadership and Maturity Award. Now, now typically – most teams in, in this franchise's past, you know, usually see a guy 19, 20 years old win this one. But uh, Braden Lewis, an 03 player, an 18-year-old guy, what was it about uh, the, the guy that they call Louie that got him that trophy this year? Just some perseverance on his end of things. He obviously had a really tough year with, with injuries and whatnot, uh, had that really freak accident that kind of broke his wrist early in the year and was out for six to eight weeks and then came back and I think had a lower body injury shortly after coming back and missed some more time and now is out again, unfortunately, with another injury. So um, it's been a tough year for, for Louis with injuries, but uh, I think just his, his determination to always come back and be a contributor when he's in the lineup. Um, he's trusted to play a lot of penalty-killing minutes. He blocks a lot of shots. He doesn't shy away from physical contact when need be. So I think that and then combined with the fact that he's been a leader on, on other teams in the past. He was the captain of his U18 team. Uh, back in the uh, 1920 season. So he's obviously got those leadership qualities uh, in previous years and kind of just carried over to this year, I think, and a guy who, again, is very trusted out there when he's in the lineup and contributing, whether it's offensively or defensively, uh, blocking shots, taking the body, uh, laying his body on the line. Uh, I think, again, a pretty obvious choice uh, for this award. Over the last 36 years, the team has amassed many awards. <laughs> you know, with our award ceremony, I think we had 15 in total, which I think would be more than the average team, which I'm not saying is a bad thing by any means. We we have a hardest-working player, and we have a most sportsmanlike, but then we also have a combination of the two <laughs> in desire and sportsmanship, and Raphael Peltier, uh, his second award, uh, fit the mold for that one. Yeah, it's kind of touched on earlier, just a guy who consistently works. Um, he doesn't take a shift off. He doesn't mess around and, um, you know, lazily skate back defensively or, or let a guy get past him, anything like that. So a guy who just works hard, he wants to get better every day, and, and he did. Uh, he's been on a roll here lately. I think he's got 10 points in his last 10 games heading down the stretch here, so really contributing offensively to try and help his team get into the playoffs here. And, you know, despite the fact how hard he plays and how physical he is, he only took 28 penalty minutes this year. So kind of a combination of that sportsmanship and also working hard and, uh, you know, the desire to get better and be a leader and be an impact guy. Uh, Rafael Pelche really fit that mold this year. The King of the Road Award winner, and you'll have to touch on this one because this is a guy that fa this award is given based on things that our fans don't see, um, road games and Caleb Y. Rostock winning that. What was it about what uh, Y. Rostock does on the road that got him this award? Well, he, much like Josh Davies, has a lot of uh, fans around the league on other teams. And uh, the, way that, <laughs> the way that he plays and the way that he kind of goes after opposing teams uh, when he's on the road as the road player really kind of gets the crowd going, I think. He's one of those guys that you love to hate when he's not on your team and you love him when he's on your team. And I can remember him scoring some big goals on the road this year. Uh, there was a game when the Broncos were in Regina. They were down late in the third period. He scored uh, He scored the tying goal late with about, I don't know, five or six minutes to go 
in regulation in a big game. Broncos would win that one 5-4. Uh, he got the party started in Prince Albert earlier this year on a breakaway goal early on. I think he had two goals that game as well. So one of those guys who walks that line, sometimes goes over it admittedly with his physical play, but again, one of those guys that uh, you hate him if you're playing against him, but if you have him on your team like the Broncos do, you certainly love what he brings. Yeah, and uh, I, I think looking at the awards list this year, there were two absolute no-doters just based on things. The players most popular, with which we touched on, with Alexi getting most of those votes, and the Chairman of the Boards Award. I think anyone who's watched a Bronco game this year could easily peg who would win that one. <laughs> yeah, Josh Davies, uh, his his combination of his skill set is is pretty remarkable. You know, he's maybe five ten, maybe and. You know, almost 200 pounds and just the the way that he approaches the game he's got that breakaway speed I would love to see him in a race with other players in the league because I don't know if anybody could catch him from a starting stop uh, like mm-hmm. if they went from like goal line to goal line I don't know if there's anybody who could beat him in a, in a full speed race you see you combine that with the wrist shot that he's got which is pro level already has got one of the hardest shots in the in the Western Hockey League and then you combine his physicality you see guys go after him and try and knock him down and they just bounce off him because he's so strong on his skates and so strong in general he obviously never shies away from physical contact is often initiating it and then draws a big scrum and it gets everybody excited and the friendship tour has uh, gone across <laughs> western canada here there was even a sign at a calgary hitman game for some of his family had a josh davies friendship tour sign at the front row so uh you know like you said he was right there for the fan favorite and i think that skill set that he has is what makes him one of the top candidates for a fan favorite and like you said a pretty obvious choice for the chairman of the boards the guy who battles the hardest and uh, impacts the game physically absolutely the uh, Coach's Award, another award for Reed Dick. Uh, again, this is something that fans don't really see a lot of, the relationship between coaches and players. Uh, Reed Dick, what do you think it was about him that got him the Coach's Award? Yeah, I think it's just a guy who comes to practice every day with a positive mindset. Um, it's not easy to be a young goaltender in the Western Hockey League and have immediate success. And, you know, Reed's kind of had that up and down year here with some very great moments and some some huge performances for him. And then there's been some difficult performances as well. But it never seemed to bother him, um, you know, even if you see him right after a game where he had a tough performance. He's not down on the dumps. He's not walking out with his head down and his shoulders slumped. Um, he's just a positive guy who knows that it's just an opportunity to, to rebound and have a, a strong performance the next day. And that all starts in practice, of course. You have to come to the rink every day and be ready to work and be ready to commit to improving yourself. And I think Reed did that every single day this year. Uh, despite whatever happened the previous day or the previous game, he never changed his mindset. And that's what you want to see as a coach. You want to see your players have that commitment level, have that consistency level and uh, pretty obvious that Reed had that all year long. Yeah, the uh, most improved trophy this year. Uh, the team splitting that one up. Two winners in Josh Philman and Carson King. Yeah, kind of interesting with the way they, they do that just because you look at Philman's most improved goes from basically one season to the next. You know, in the hub, he had just the two goals, was kind of in and out of the lineup, mostly or largely due to the team only being able to dress four 16-year-olds. So somebody always had to sit out when, when Reed Dick was on the bench as a 16-year-old that counts as dressing one. So played 17 games last year, had the two goals, um, you know, wasn't able to impact the game as much as I'm sure he wanted to coming into that year. But then he comes to training camp this year, and it just seemed like right from the first day of camp, you could tell that he was a much improved player. That carried over into the preseason. I think he had four points in four games uh, to start things off in the preseason. Did get off to a bit of a slow start offensively in the regular season. I think he had just a handful of goals over the first 15 games or so, but then really found his groove. And, uh, you know, as of today, he's got 45 points in 66 games, pretty high up on NHL Central Scouting, draft rankings, go 
host of the CHL NHL Top Prospects game, really made a name for himself here in his uh, his second season and first full year in the Western Hockey League. And a guy who, you know, being a fourth round pick, 67th overall, you know, one of those sort of mid round gems that you find that really makes an impact on your team. So he was a pretty obvious choice for it. And then you look at the improvement from the first half of the year to the second half of the year for a guy like Carson King, another one of those mid to late round picks, a sixth rounder in 2019, that 2019 draft was just amazing for this organization. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a guy who early on was just trying to keep himself in the lineup. You know, he was having a bit of a tough time solidifying his spot in the lineup early on, was kind of in and out, dealing with a little bit of injuries here and there, had just two assists in the first 27 games of the year. And then he finally gets that first Western Hockey League goal in Brandon February 11th. And just the weight of the world off the shoulders of Carson King. And he just basically went on a tear after that. He had 18 points in his last 22 games leading up to the final game of the season. Had a nine-game point streak. Scored a goal in four straight uh, that came to an end in that Friday game against Regina last week. And just became a regular contributor and, and one of the most steady offensive contributors over the last two months of the regular season. So his improvement from the start of the year to the end was incredible. Much like Josh Philman's improvement from his first year to his second year with the team. Yeah, it makes sense that they'd split it up and have two award winners for most improved, one year over year and one from the beginning to, to where we are now of this season. Leading scorer award, simple mathematics on that one, Matt Ward. Yeah, I mean, no question about it. I think he kind of grabbed that title pretty early on in the year and never really looked back. Um, you know, heading into the last game of the season with 57 points in 63 games uh, was, a you know, the steady offensive contributor basically all season long and a guy who's relied on to, to score goals and to set up goals and be a difference maker. And he was just that. Uh, he carried over from his rookie season in the hub. He's... You know, just under a point per game for his WHL career to date with 79 points in 87 games. And, you know, getting him at 14th overall in that 2019 draft, I think, was a huge blessing for this team, as I'm sure some other teams are a little upset they might have passed on uh, Matt in that 2019 draft. Absolutely. Uh, Rookie of the year. What was the criteria for this award this year? Because I know it was interesting, like, because obviously there was a atypical season last year with the hubs so what constituted a rookie this year let's talk about that first so I think you know kind of internally the the decision was that anybody who basically played with the team full-time last year wouldn't really be eligible for this I know by league standards basically everybody on this roster who played last year was still considered a rookie so I think like Matt Ward still considered a rookie Owen Pickering still considered a rookie etc etc but I think for the team award they really wanted to focus on guys who were new this season and sort of making that jump for the first time so with that a guy like Connor Vidston who steps in and uh, really again kind of exploded in the second half of the year not that he didn't play well in the first half but really just seemed to get more comfortable as the year went along and really started to be a big time offensive contributor on that line with his uh, line mates of Carson King and Josh Davies so uh, his face-off percentage shot up by about 10% from the first half of the year to the second as he got more comfortable there. He's trusted on the penalty kill because he's got such a great stick and he's able to knock down pucks from midair and create transitions the other way for offensive chances. Um, you know, another one of those late-round draft picks, seventh-round pick, 133rd overall, who steps into the lineup and makes an immediate impact, had an assist in his first WHL game off a turnover by Medicine Hat to set up Carter Stebbing. So uh, just a huge first year in the Western Hockey League for Connor Vidston. And uh, I'm telling you, that 2019 draft uh, really turned this franchise around. Oh, absolutely. Another example of that uh, is Connor Vidston. And speaking of, how about a ninth-round pick winning top defenseman? The Tom Ham Memorial Award for top Swift Current Broncos defenseman this year. Uh, a massive surprise from that 2019 draft, uh, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> Owen Pickering. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, even last year in the hub, um, you know, he played his first game against Winnipeg, and there's a moment, I think it was like the second period, where he stepped 
up and pinched on Peyton Krebs, a first-round NHL pick, trying to carry the puck out of his own and poked it away from him. So uh, the the steady growth of Owen Pickering this year has been just phenomenal. Um, you know, I think heading into the year, I think he was ranked a C prospect for the draft and kind of thought of like, yeah, maybe a fourth, fifth-round, sixth-round pick, and then all of a sudden a month later he's a B-ranked guy, and then a month and a half later he's now slotted to go in the 20s of the first round. So uh, pretty incredible progress that Owen has seen this year, a guy who plays – upwards of 30 minutes every single game he's playing penalty kill he's playing power play he's carrying the puck up and down the ice both offensively and defensively he's blocking shots he's using his stick to break up rushes uh he just does everything and uh the fact that the broncos got him in the ninth round like you said just uh incredible incredible stuff and, and there was a, a comparison i saw i think it was craig button who mentioned it that uh, travis sanheim who was a first round pick of the philadelphia flyers was also drafted ninth round 177th overall in the western hockey league bantam draft back in his year and he ends up going first round of the Philadelphia Flyers back in 2014. So seems like that trend could continue here with uh, Owen come July in Montreal. Yep. Tom Ham, Memorial Trophy for top defenseman Owen Pickering. Now, I did some homework yesterday. I, I looked back as best I could because records are kind of spotty from way back in the day. But I do believe Isaac Poulter, the team's first three-time MVP award winner. Yeah, and there's really no doubt about it either. I mean, I, I don't know who else you could give this award to looking at this year. Um, he won it the last two years, and, and the, the numbers from his past two seasons really don't do him justice for how he played over those two years. And then you get to this season, and the numbers finally reflect the true talent that Isaac has always had and always shown. It's just the team has gotten better as the years have gone mm -hmm. along, and with that, his numbers have now shown who he really is as a goalie. And heading into the final game of the year, a 9-12 save percentage, 3.0 goals against on the nose, 20 wins this year after getting 15 his first three years combined, five shutouts on the season. Like, this is the goal he's always been. It just needed a bit of more of a supporting cast in previous years, and now he's got that, and now you really see what kind of goaltender Isaac is. And it's great for him to finish off his WHL career in this fashion, really get a chance to show what kind of goalie he is and show that those previous years weren't really the kind of goaltender that he was. And for him to get that third straight MVP, really no question about it. Uh, I think you could have asked anybody on any team that's played the Broncos this year who their MVP should be, and I, I bet they would all say number one. Yep, and, and you know, you think back over the history of the team too like these have not been great years in the win column for the franchise and you know I think back to the the mid-2000s when we had Luke Hunter as our captain and he was someone who who left it all on the ice each and every game the team wasn't doing too well in the standings and then the next day he would be the guy at schools reading to kids and doing the PR stuff and and keeping the mood light and everything and you know that's a big part of Isaac Poulter as well as you touched on earlier well and that's just it I mean he's, he's one of those guys who just doesn't doesn't let things phase him I mean he, he he could, have, he could have been upset with the way the first couple of years had gone with not getting a lot of success and wanted to go somewhere else and, and be on a team that would allow him to have better looking numbers and more wins. But he just stuck it out because it, it never phased him. Um, you know, I think for a lot of guys that would have really made a difference for them and they wouldn't have wanted to, to stick around and, and try and see it through and, and see if they could be a difference maker. But for Isaac, he, he just wanted to, to be the guy. He wanted to be the difference maker. He loves it here. Um, you know, he's made so many friends and such an impact in the community here with his humanitarian awards and now he gets to carry that over on the ice and uh, help the team be in the hunt for a playoff spot heading into the final week of their final day of the regular season I should say he was here as a black ace during that 2018 championship got himself a nice championship ring because of it and he wants to help the team get back into the postseason here and uh, you know for him to finish off his career in this fashion like I said I think it's just a big feather in the cap for him. 
Right on. And a big congratulations to all the guys who won awards this year. Uh, you can check out the full list of award winners at scbroncos.com. All right, that's the recap, the awards show edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, putting the locks on the doors of another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast, final regular season edition of the pod. I hope we're here next week doing this. Uh, Ryan Schweitzer, Craig Boschman, and getting ready for Fan Appreciation Night tomorrow night. And, you know, I don't want to say that it's been a tough year to be a fan, what with health restrictions and whatnot, but, uh, you know, just a big shout-out to everyone who, who came and supported the team this year through thick and thin. Yeah, it obviously hasn't been an easy year um, for anybody, really, easy past two years. And, and so for people to come back to the rink the way they have and support the team the way they have this year and to see it steadily go up and up and up as the year's gone on, uh, it's been great. I know the fans or the players, excuse me, really appreciate it. They notice the big crowds, they notice the excitement in the building, and it, it gets them excited too. I mean, they, they want you guys to come and support the team um, because it helps them perform on the ice as well. So there was the biggest crowd of the year the last game on Friday, just over 2,100. Uh, certainly hoping to see a big improvement for the, the last game of the year here. Uh, we're hoping it's not the very last game of the year, hoping to get some playoff games in as well. But, of course, there is always that possibility that it is the last time you get to see the Broncos play this year. So we're certainly hoping to see a huge, huge crowd uh, this coming Friday against Prince Albert. Fan Appreciation Night brought to you by Great Western Brewing Company. Uh, a lot of activities happening in the lobby, lots of cool prizes to be won, and game number 68 on the schedule, final regular season game of the year. Hoping for a packed Innovation Credit Union Iplex tomorrow night, Friday night here in Swift Currents as the Broncos take on one of the teams that they're in the thick of it with in the Prince Albert Raiders. Yeah, they can eliminate Prince Albert from playoff contention with uh, a win of any kind, uh, whether it's overtime or regulation on Friday. That would also eliminate Calgary and uh, really put the Broncos in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. They would then just have to sit and wait to see what happens with Regina and their three games this weekend. Regina would have to go at least two for three to force a one-game play-in against the Broncos if Swift Current wins on Friday. All right, the stakes have been set and we're ready to go. That'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week presented by Original 16.